Live from Guttercat Studios in the Metaverse, it's time for another episode of the Crazy About Crypto Show. And now here's your host, Crazy Carl. Hello, hello. Good to see everyone in the audience. Good to see you here. It's going to be a legendary show today. Hello from all around the world and welcome to the Crazy About Crypto show, an interactive live podcast on Twitter spaces for anyone exploring crypto and wanting to learn more from others that have already dived into the space. From NFT artists to savvy crypto investors to everyday people just like you and I, this is a place where we can come together and learn about this new wave of innovation. Oh my God, this show is going to be phenomenal. Today, I have the pleasure of having an absolute legend in the crypto and NFT space on stage with me, the founder of NFT42, a company that helps build brands focused on virtual goods in the metaverse. He has been at the forefront of the NFT space for years. He created the on-chain generative avatar project, Avastars. He has also helped bridge the gap between NFTs and corporations by creating easy on-ramps to launch new NFT products through his company Nameless. I, I mean, I could keep going on and on, but the list of his successful startups could be a show in itself. It is my absolute honor to share the stage with the legendary collector, investor, entrepreneur, Jimmy. Jimmy, welcome to the show. It is an absolute pleasure to be on here, and what good timing that I bought a cool... Uh... A, a cat yesterday yeah man i love cat. yeah i mean yeah. i i was talking to danny before you came on the show i was like man get him to buy a gutter cat before he comes to the show on my we've had this show planned for a while but the timing of everything couldn't have worked better it's like the stars aligned yeah yeah so. um it's been really great i've been hanging out with uh jerry mcguire 2.0 from twitter this weekend and uh he made sure that uh i I got a cat. You know, <laughs> Love you know, it. figure it out. That's yep. awesome, man. Well, okay. So I always start with the same question on the show, which is just to spend a minute or two explaining your entire journey into crypto from the like a little bit of the backstory about how you got in to kind of how you got your start to where you are today. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to do a short two-minute version. Um, long story short, I founded a technology startup in 2007 that was based around Google technology, uh, Google enterprise technology, like setting up Gmail for businesses and, and Google Docs for businesses and stuff like that. Uh, ended up working for Google at the same time for four out of the seven of the years that I did that. Uh, in 2013, um, I exited both uh, my business and decided I didn't want to work for Google anymore. Uh, bought a home in Lake Tahoe in the woods and snowboarded for a few years. Um, you know, had a cabin in the woods, got a dog, that sort of thing. Uh, in 2017, I was bored out of my mind. I had watched every television show and movie that existed that was worth watching. And it come up with about five different startup ideas that just weren't going to be something I wanted to do for the long term. And thank God I figured that out before I actually started those businesses. It was a lot of thought experiments and ideation. Uh, a bit lost. I hit the Appalachian Trail for a few months and... Lo and behold, after about two and a half months on the trail, the epiphany came when one day a gentleman was walking next to me and explained to me that while he was walking up the trail, he had uh, machines making money for him. And I asked him <laughs> how he was doing that, and he said he was mining Bitcoin. And uh, I was always aware of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, but I was a skeptic. And when he told me the price of Bitcoin that day, which was like four or $6,000 or something, and the last time I had checked in, Bitcoin was like $400. Uh, I realized that I found the next thing and that was machines can work for you. That was the first epiphany. Yeah. I got off the trail and uh, I 
set up some mining rigs um, for Ethereum. And shortly after that, CryptoKitties launched. Uh, and I bought my first CryptoKitty on December 4th, 2017. And ever since then, I just wake up thinking about NFTs every day. Right on. So, so 2017 is really when you just kind of went f- like deep dived into the space. Yeah, I actually, you know, like not too long after that, in 2018, I actually um, put my home up for sale and uh, asked my mom for a loan and started building Avastars. And we launched that in 2020, actually. So it took some time to get built and everything else. But actually, sorry, it was 2019. I took the loan and sold my home. Wow. Um, but in 2020, we launched Avastars, and then shortly after that, uh, the alpha alpha version of Nameless, which was called InfinFT, um, and you know, then just worked. I've worked with a couple companies since then to help them come into uh, the space, including VFriends. Uh, have worked with uh, Sotheby's, um, Pranksy, who was already mm-hmm. in the space, um, and some others. And um, now we're building this platform that's suitable for enterprise to come into NFTs. You know, one thing that I talk a lot about on the show um, all the time is about conviction. And just hearing that story about when that conviction moment happened to you is just like incredible to hear, you know, such a successful guy prior to crypto and just like putting all of your effort and energy and, you know, your talent behind this new technology is just always so cool to hear. It's so awesome to have you in the space. So um, a a lot of times people look at you as like this legendary uh, collector because you do have quite a an amazing collection but there's so much more that i think people don't even realize um specifically about nameless which i think that name in itself speaks for itself that's not about the company right but it's doing mm-hmm. incredible things in the space i mean you guys you already mentioned you worked with joy world you worked with uh, pranksy's nft boxes and probably most notably v friends i mean it started more with individual art projects helping them get launched but now you're seeing like a multi multi-million uh corporation like Vayner Media getting in on it uh, how massive was getting V friends um like getting that um that partnership with them and and tell us a little bit about you know what uh, for people that don't know like how big uh, uh, what Dameless is doing for corporations to make that on-ramp easy into crypto and NFTs yeah i mean meeting up with Gary was a magical moment um you know, he is top of his game in Web 2.0 and, you know, social media and engagement and marketing. And he came and um, wanted to work with us on the NFT side of his project. So, uh, you know, we helped him uh, develop his tokens and get that launched. Um, it was a it has been and will continue to be a huge success in the space. I think it, it's an extremely historic project. Um, I think Friends did. Uh, over $50 million in sales on its initial primary sale. Um, as far as I know, that's the biggest uh, primary sale that's taken place this year, including, you know, the biggest projects in the space, like uh, Bored Apes only sold, you know, 800 ETH worth um, mm-hmm. by design. But, uh, you know, I think Gary saw the potential um, for what he was creating and properly went out and leveraged that. Um, and it's an amazing project still ongoing. I think as of this week, uh, he did something else where he, asked people to go buy 12 of his books off of like Amazon and Barnes and Noble and send in receipts. And now uh, I think he told me yesterday they had sold, you know, well, you know, somewhere close to 2 million books or something like that. It's pretty crazy. Um, So just seeing the monster and beast of Gary, you know, perform, just trying to, you know, basically ride in his wake. uh, It's been massive. Uh, What Nameless is doing. It's funny. We were, we were catering. We were 
building a platform to cater to these uh, individual creators, like you mentioned. Um, and then Gary came along and kind of showed us the light through his project, through the lens of his project, because, you know, being able to reach such a massive audience and then having a sale go off um, in front of that audience and then having the success of that sale, we learned a ton. And afterwards, we had a ton of inbound uh, interest from corporations and individuals um, wanting to know how they can do something similar uh, and realized very quickly that we needed to build uh, a solution that was suitable for existing web development teams and uh, large brands um, that, that that was a hole in the market that needed to be filled. Um, so we kind of made a pivot towards an API-based solution um, for minting and marketplace um, of NFTs. And that's what we've been heads down building since Friends. basically. Still working very hard on that and will be for the next few years. But uh, by this fall and definitely this winter, uh, you'll start to see more projects come out. Um, you may or may not realize it's on Nameless. I assume that it's worthwhile still to mention our name, even though we're nameless. Um, <laughs> but uh, hopefully we reach a point where it's like, oh, why isn't this project on Nameless rather than is this project on Nameless? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, even just preparing for the show, I didn't realize um, that VFriends launched with Nameless just so, I mean, I think you're, the whole concept of Nameless is that, you know, the big corporations know about you, right? They know where to go to get that successful launch. But, you know, the people that are their followers, they don't necessarily need to know that Nameless was behind it, which I think is uh, just, you know, shows kind of your mindset in the space and being so humble um, using your tech knowledge, but then also just not making it about you, but making it about these successful launches. So, and I mean, VFriends was amazing because um, they were able to get such a diverse, uh, unique group of new people into the space. And I think every mm -hmm. time we see a big corporation launch, that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, do you guys do a lot of mentoring when you work with these um with these new corporations because uh, the Dutch auction style of VFriends was just genius to make sure that it wasn't just all scooped up by one big buyer. Yeah. I mean, we can't, and we came for the Dutch auction strategy. We came to that conclusion collectively with Gary. Um, there were technical reasons why that's a better approach um, than say an English style auction uh, where there's more attack vectors. Um, but, uh, but yes, that worked out extremely well. And I forget the first part of your question. Uh, I, uh, I don't even remember. I just, I think, okay. I think one thing that I, I think, um, one thing that I just noticed about the corporate bigger corporations getting in is that there's a definitely a trend to like this new, like an on-ramp that's needed. And I think you're, Oh, I, I know what you asked. Uh, yeah. So I do a lot like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go uh, ahead. Uh, you were asked about like how much, like, I guess, of uh, I guess how, oh, much, how much mentoring you helping do. them. Yeah, yeah. I'd say a lot. Like my time is really scarce right now and it's very difficult. Um, and I'm also like continuously in awe of the fact that whatever I've done has unlocked, like I'm, I guess whatever's in my head, like everybody wants what's in my head um, and the knowledge that I've gained. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful for my attention deficit disorder that allows me to think about NFTs all the time. I don't have a choice. I just think about them all the time when I'm not thinking about anything else. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that as we see the space continue to grow, um, I think that more people will come to understand exactly what's going on here rather than just myself right now. There, there are just a few people that have a holistic understanding. And then on top of that, a solution that can work on top of it, right? And the experience with BeFriends has been pinnacle 
Um, I try to do my best to just give everybody the information that they want. I'm not holding, we're not holding anything back. You don't have to be a customer or nameless in order um, to have a conversation with me or for me to tell you what I think is the best approach. Um, I kind of give away all the secrets up front. And then if you want to work with us, then you can keep working with us. Um, and with that being said, uh, it's becoming increasingly hard to get my time. So it's not to say that I can talk to everybody about everything, but um, if there's a legitimate uh, opportunity or brand um, or entertainer that wants to meet up, then I'm trying to find the time to to meet and speak with them. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely showing. I mean, I've been watching uh, just as of this weekend, you've been really mingling with uh, some top dogs, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But I do want to ask this before we get to that part. I wanted, I wanted to see um, with you, I mean, you really have a lot of foresight when it comes to the NFT space, seeing trends, seeing what the what the market is going to need. What are, um, in the next year or two, what do you think some of the biggest trends uh, moving forward in the NFT space are, are going to look like or the metaverse space uh, even well unfortunately i still think we're are we're, we're going to be behind where we could be because there's not enough people who are focusing on innovating and many just want to come in and leverage whatever already exists and it's also really hard to to conceptualize what nfts are until you've really dove into them for a period of time. And a lot of times um, brands and projects are going to be coming into the space kind of version, uh, basically relying on me and others to tell them uh, what exists and what's possible. And um, for people such as myself, I have to be careful not to go too deep down the rabbit hole too soon um, because it can be overwhelming and daunting to, to talk about some of these things and issues. But um, things I'd really like to see can start to play out more and I'll play whatever role I can in making these things happen are, you know, uh, I think we have to really uh, take a step back and revisit licensing in general and get all this licensing stuff around ownership and commercial rights and everything on the blockchain along with the tokens themselves. Um, right now we have ephemeral connections between like, you know, in the case of Avastars, for example, we have our license on a uh, Substack blog post, um, not on the smart contract itself. Um, so the light, the commercial rights license for Avastars is not on the smart contract. Same thing for Board Apes and all that. As far as I know, maybe they did put it in the contract, but I don't think it's in there. And it's not in there in a way that's like a uh, smart contract and blockchain like friendly, right? Like there's actually ways to build these licenses into the tokens, technically speaking, um, in the long run. Uh, kind of think of it like a drm digital rights management but you know trustless and um, built directly into the smart contract so i think like licensing is really important um and something that needs to be played with more and then composability as well uh you know mutant apes came out this week um you can combine a serum with one of your board apes um and create a mutant ape which is an example of uh like intra project uh composability where um, you know, the same brand is releasing another piece that can be combined with an existing NFT to make a new NFT. And CryptoKitties mm -hmm. was this at the heart of it, right? You took two kitties, put them together, bred them, and made a new one. This is composability. You're composing a new token from other elements. Um, the cool fucking thing is, is that you don't have to compose things with, from the same project. You could take an Avastar and a Bored Ape, and if a developer wanted to make something like that, then they could actually say, okay, there's going to be 10. 10,000 of these. If you have an Avastar and a board ape, go to town. Um, it just takes intention, effort, and uh, imagination as well. Um, I really, really, really want to start seeing more of that because it's extremely powerful. Um, and in order for this 
composability to work. The one caveat I want to carve out is, in my opinion, you need to have on-chain data in order to be composable. Um, you need to be able to read these projects trustlessly and understand what this what this uh, NFT is um, without having to rely on you know OpenSea or an API or something like that. Just read it from the blockchain and then create something out of that information on the blockchain. And that's essentially what CryptoKitties did with their genetics underneath. Um, and then they just basically provide us with the images and the metadata on their website to um, to, de to decode the uh, the Ghibli junk that they have as their mm -hmm. uh, genetic data on the to on the blockchain itself. So I think composability and licensing are two uh, big areas to play. I mean, Gary already started to unlock the idea of access with his tokens mm -hmm. with the uh, vFriend token. Uh, comes with a uh, three-year pass to a VCon conference, uh, physical yeah. conference that he's throwing. So, uh, ac access, composability, and licensing, I think, are you know for 2021 and 2022 are going to be the big ones. Yeah, and you see that even early this year, like even from the launch of even like the Board Apes, uh, you see so many different projects, the evolution within the devs trying to figure out new ways to bring utility to the project. So everyone that's already in the space is also, it seems like, evolving in the meantime, uh, along with the new, you know, trends and ways well, to evolve I, with the tech. Hopefully, a lot of them are just copying board apes. That's true. Yeah, but hopefully, you, know, you do see some projects that are doing things. I mean, you know, a lot of what the attention right now in the NFT space is on personal profile picture projects, um, which I think is a great use case because it's the earliest utility to, you know, put your picture of yourself on your social media and everything else that helps spread and evangelize. Uh, but there are projects out there that are, like, doing really cool shit. Like, there's one called Pulse Squares um, that allows you to, like, basically burn uh, one of their tokens or another one of their projects and make the Pulse Square itself a, a more rare and scarce project or more and rare and scarce token, uh, both by decreasing the supply of the Pulse Squares and also adding an element to the one that you composed on top of. So there, there and there's other projects as well um, that are, are trying to do, you know, other cool experimental things. A lot of the projects that get attention right now are the PFP projects because those, that's where the flipping opportunities come in and people are making the most money at the moment. Um, so that, that's getting a lot of attention. And, and unfortunately, like a lot of it is just like overwhelming, like copycats of board apes. Um, I appreciate the fun and, and energy and all of it. And I actually think we need all of these because, you know, with 10,000, uh, cap projects, you know, we have to make like a hundred thousand of those to be able to reach all the people in the world or something like that. I'm probably, my math's probably way off there, but my point is, is that, you know, we're still so early in this journey and uh, all of these projects uh, have potential to be, you know, historic in the long run, as we've seen over the last few weeks, if people have just been digging up any old NFT that's old, yeah. if it's old, then it's good. Like, yeah. which to me and my friends, like that's fucking insane. And we own a lot of these and it's still insane. It's like, Oh my God, if someone wants to buy this for that much. That's crazy. Um, let's put it up for sale. Yeah, a lot of the market, a lot of those whales that are coming in that can be market makers seem to be able to using that that power to drive certain projects that they found. Sure. And, so, and who knows, you know, maybe in maybe in two years, three years, like, you know, my friends and myself that sold some of these projects that we thought were kind of silly, 
you know, it's going to, it's going to be like the Bitcoin pizza. Right. <laughs> right. All right. So I know we have, uh, I, I'm keep moving on because I know we're limited on time. Yeah, I got so about I'm eight gonna... minutes before I have to go meet someone downstairs. Right on. So I want to, I want to talk a little bit about this. Jimmy's randomly, uh, hanging out with Des Bryan and Jerry Maguire 2.0. That's just random. I, I don't buy that. You know, that's not, that's not the case. And as I was doing research, I was like, my light bulb went off. I was like, there's no way this is the personal corners is working with nameless for their their upcoming launch it just makes sense it all works so and and uh jerry Maguire 2.0 or danny he's such a genius with how he's incorporating communities all together and bringing mm-hmm. in communities into what they're doing so i was just curious uh if you would kind of talk about that uh aspect and then also how important it is for pop culture and entertainment to merge with the space I mean, it's fucking paramount, right? Like that's what drives like culture is entertainment and these entertainers and everything else. And um, I mean, I'm in a I'm I'm in an amazing place right now where you know Des Bryant invited me to come up here this weekend to go to Jay Z's Forty Forty Club 18th anniversary you know party. So Saturday night I'm in the club, you know, hanging out with Des, hanging out with Jerry McGuire, hanging out with met Jay Z, you know, met Meek Mills, met Lil Uzi Vert, met a bunch of people. Um, and, uh, Des is like an incredible guy who really understands what NFTs, uh, impact are and understands the social impact and understands the empowerment that it brings, um, and uh, leveling the playing field. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of these, uh, athletes in particular, um, don't really get the full benefit of their brand. They get great contracts and things like that. But then once their, uh, career's over, like, you know, the players associations and everything else owns a lot of their licensings and, and images and likenesses and, and photos and things like that. And NFTs really allow uh, these athletes and celebrities and entertainers to fully leverage um, everything that they've built, their communities, their fans, um, and their brand itself. And, you know, Des is just one of the people that I'm on this journey with. Uh, he's an investor in Nameless. Um, and he's an advisor of mine. I'm an advisor of his. We're kind of peer mentors in a sense, uh, just working together to help spread the word of NFTs and uh, get, you know, get him, get the attention of the right folks so that we can really turn, you know, put some gasoline on this fire. I think, you know, culture is extremely important. And uh, I'm just honored to be able to work with some of the folks that I'm working with. And man, I met a bunch of great people this weekend. I can't wait um, for what's ahead you know, that I can't talk about. Yeah. It's so exciting. And I think, uh, I think in this next launch, I know you probably can't talk about it much, but we're going to see a whole new dimension of how different communities can play a role in, uh, you know, tying in all these different communities into a launch of a new, uh, a new project that involves big names is just going to be really cool to see, um, how, how it all works. And is it, I mean, look, everybody's coming to NFTs. It's not just one brand or one project. Like, uh, Jesus, like the whole, fucking world is getting ready to adopt this technology yeah everyone says you know we're early but it's so true um no no we we true we truly are and, and it's really we're, we're not going to be early for much longer i mean next year will still be an early year but next year will be the year that the mainstream really wakes up like i think the mainstream is actually waking up to nfts now uh i think like two out of three people that i mentioned nfts have at least heard of it now uh, mm-hmm. which is a much much higher ratio than it was six months ago um i think next year like NFTs will start to be a term just like a GIF is a term. Yeah. 
you know, I I uh, I really appreciated seeing you. This uh, a couple more questions because we got to wrap up. But I really appreciated seeing you uh, jump on the gutter cat gang. But I know a big part of that was because of Jerry Maguire 2.0. What did he talk to you about, or what kind of got you uh, finally to jump into the gutter cat gang after uh, waiting so long? Well. The only reason I didn't jump into the gutter cat gang to begin with is because all the mouths are the same and I just couldn't see past that. Uh, like it just did not, it, it made the, the collection itself not feel as distinct as some of the other personal profile picture collections. That being said, it's sick and fresh art for sure. And it's the power of the community. It's the gutter cats gang community that I needed to be a part of. Um, and Jerry opened my eyes to that and just how great all y'all are and, um, how much you guys care about your cats. And it's similar to how the board apes community cares about their apes. It's similar to how the Avastars community cares about Avastars. Um, you know, those are the things that it's that, that strength of community and wanting to be a part of that, that made me want to get a gutter cat. Yeah. It's so important, right? I think the in, in two to three years, the projects that are still around are the ones that really have that strong community that, that aren't just flipping to make a profit because there's so many traders in the space. You really got to find the ones that uh, really have that conviction in the projects they're investing in. And, and I think Absolutely. gutter cat gang has proved that over time. Uh, and like you and said, I really love the low cat. I love the low cat. You know, it's stand out from the other personal profile picture projects. There's only 3,000 gutter cats. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty bold. It's bold. And it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the devs have been also doing some crazy stuff. I'll have to, I, I don't know how familiar you are with like the DAO and some of the other projects that are being worked on, but uh, we'll catch you up to speed. It's so good. It's always fun to see kind of the intersection of um, the apes and now the gutter cats and some of the other project communities really um, kind of working together. There's so many apes that own cats and get gutter cats that own apes now and it's just such a cool thing to see how the communities um, work together to keep pushing pushing the narrative forward yes we're all in this together we're in this together hey man it's been so much fun uh, i know that we'll have to do this again maybe when let's you take have like two or three minutes, minutes and see if there's any questions yeah let's, let's go ahead go. we're gonna move to a couple minutes late Perfect. If you have a question, hit that request button. I want to make sure to have a chance to do Community Corner, and we're going to bring some people up on stage. Get your catnip and questions ready. It's time for you to take the stage for another segment of Community Corner. Hey, Mike, what's going on, man? You're on stage with Jimmy. Go ahead. Mike, are you there? All right, I got Joe as well. Joe, are you there? Hey, I'm here. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Joe, go ahead. We can hear you, Joe. Thank you guys so much for hosting this. This has been cool, very uh, insightful. And uh, Jimmy, I actually discovered you on the uh, conversation you had with Gary, and that was pretty awesome. My question for you is uh, with the ENS domains, I see that you have jimmy.eth. Can you speak yeah. a little bit to that? Yeah, hey, look, I think ENS is really like amazing and important. Um, 
you know, what you basically, for anybody not familiar with ENS, it's how you get a .eth address. Um, and I think right now you can actually, if you own like a domain, like a .com and stuff now, ENS supports you being able to point that to a Ethereum wallet or a, any crypto wallet, well, any major crypto wallet, uh, like Bitcoin or something as well. Uh, um, but it's nice because uh, you can basically, as you see with myself, like I've built my identity around Jimmy.eth here in the space. I mean, my name is public and available. You can find me and who I am. You can see pictures of who I really am if you want to look. But it's easy for me to have um, this this ENS address set up um, and points to my wallet. So uh, this points to my public hot wallet. I've got a subdomain vault.jimmy.eth that points to my uh, my vault where I keep all my good shit. And then I've got some other uh, subdomains. I've got a, a wallet that I used to use for CryptoKitties, and uh, I point that to cats.jimmy.eth. Not probably not many people know about that that wallet for what it's worth, but uh, uh, that this is like for my own sanity, so that I can remember where my wallets are. Um, and I I've, I think I've registered Jimmy.eth for like ten or twenty years or something like that. It's like five dollars a year to register. It's really easy. You go to app.ens.domain. Um, and sign in with your crypto wallet and, and you're off to the races, go find something. You can also do emojis and things like that. But this way, like when people ask for my wallet address, um, you know, I can copy and paste, you know, my wallet address from my wallet, or I can just type jimmy.eth and 80% of the wallets and marketplaces that I use support that ENS conversion. Um, and then the other cool thing is if you ever go to Etherscan, um, and you set up your ENS correctly, or you have like a reverse fruit record lookup and stuff. It's it's kind of like setting up a website and, and DNS. And I know not, know not everybody's familiar with that. But once you set up all the stuff properly, um, when you're looking at a smart contract and you're looking at the number of holders, or you're looking at recent transactions, um, instead of just a strange 42 character string of, of numbers showing up, that is my account, you actually see Jimmy.eth. So you actually see a form of my identity um on these ether scans in different places so uh ens is a form of identity just like per profile profile pictures are basically and you can own it you can own that that identity does that help joe cool thanks yeah and and i think those are you like you said it's going to be so easy for people instead of having to remember the wallet you can um it's going to be easier to interact and send funds to people that you know with the ens that's pretty cool do you have time yeah, for one look, one more question yeah, let me I do, but let me expand on that just a little further. Yeah, go ahead. You know, part of me thinks that like the ENS makes it easier to avoid getting scammed, like sending things to the wrong people and things like that. But you can still try to like scam people with ENS. I noticed when I put in my name, Jimmy.eth into uh, MetaMask, it warns that there's three characters in that name that could potentially be spoofed, the one and the M, and there's two Ms. So um, it's important when someone gives you an ENS address to at least like verify that it is their address as well. Like for in my case, like I know like my address starts with a zero X four, four, two. So whenever I put in my name, you know, I look to make sure that that's there, even though I'm the one putting in the name and I know I'm not fishing myself. Um, it, it's like a, there's, there should be checks and balances, especially if you're doing any large transactions where if someone gives you an ENS name, uh, you put it in. Um, and if you absolutely know it's, you know, if you know it's me, then you probably have to like double check, but, if you're, if you know, you were talking to me somewhere and it seemed like it might not be me, you could check and see if that's the right address um, underneath of it as well. Um, so just, you know, it can be good for avoiding 
sending people the wrong stuff, but don't trust it implicitly is I guess what I'm trying to say there. Yeah. The hackers always sense. find a way. One more question. Yeah, we can do another. All question. right. We have a Appreciate fellow it. ape up here, here. So I wanted to bring him up the Odyssean. Hey, 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 hey there. Uh, my name's Naomi as well. Um, yeah, I just had a quick question on um, one of one art because obviously there's been some really amazing things happening with the Avatar projects, um, and I wanted to know if you think that the level of attention um, and just uptake will kind of return back to one of ones, or if it will balance out between Avatar and one of one projects. Oh, uh, I think it's a great question. I think we have seen, you know, recently, like X copies absolutely gone bonkers. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff's one of one or low edition art. Um, the reason the personal profile pictures project has taken off is because it's you can understand scarcity within the collection itself. Uh, you can assign value within the collection. And then you have this idea of a floor um, and the floor of a collection, the, the lowest price, the lowest selling price um, at any given time. Uh, establishes liquidity in the market and even though now we're starting to see a lot more liquidity and start to enter the market um, before that with one of one art in addition to art um, it was often the case that you would buy it and then you have to go and find a very specific buyer if you want to sell your art or you have to wait long periods of time in order to realize the returns on that which isn't a bad thing necessarily um, and, and a lot of people buy art because the way they like the way it looks it's not uh, as speculative as the personal profile pictures projects are um, a lot of these PFPs when you buy them, you don't actually know what you're getting until directly afterwards, or in many cases, days afterwards um, with the art, you are buying the art because you know what it is and you can see it. And a lot of people connect with it before they ever decide that they're not, they're going to buy it. So um, I do think that uh, one of one art on the whole is, you, you know, will be more valuable than individual PFP NFTs. Um, but it's a longer game and uh, it's a more exclusive market. So there's just a lot more liquidity in the personal profile pictures. And that's why we've seen a surge of people um, both building and collecting those. Great. Thank you. Awesome questions. Thanks uh, for taking some extra time, Jimmy, to let some people come up and ask questions. This Absolutely. has been fun. Hey, hey let's... I really wish I had more time. I, I was explaining this morning, you know, my calendar is still on central time and I'm on the East coast. So like my schedule is just completely fucked up and I've got someone <laughs> waiting in the lobby for me right now. So I have to jump, but no it was worries. a pleasure and I'd be happy to come on another time and give you the 30 minutes that I took back here today. Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, I'll schedule a time with you and we can definitely get some more people too to be able to ask questions. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on again. And uh, Jimmy, if you have to run off, I'll, I'll finish up the show while you head out. Thanks again for coming by. Uh, this has been such a blast having Jimmy on stage with us. He's doing amazing things in the space. I just want to uh, thank everyone for tuning in. We have such an amazing audience, so many people that I haven't seen here before. It's such a such a pleasure to have you guys be able to find uh, the Crazy About Crypto show where we do interviews with legends in the space about their journey. If you haven't heard of us, please uh, shoot us a follow. We're going to get Jimmy back on the show again, and we'll continue. We've got some great shows the rest of this week with killer acid and uh, also Sebastian from the sandbox coming on. So definitely make sure to follow. If you ever miss part of the show, go on to the crazy about and you can uh, find 
all of our episodes there as well. This has been so much fun. Thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us. We usually don't do morning shows, so this has been an extra pleasure uh, since Jimmy had to jump on here a little earlier than expected. So thanks for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed the show as well today. And we'll see you soon. This has been another production of Guttercat Studios. All conversations with Crazy Carl are for educational purposes only. You should never take financial advice from a cat or anybody, really, especially financial advisors. Take control of your own financial future and do your own research always. That's all for now. Until next time, we'll see you in the metaverse. <laughs>